is Emily Faber. Um, as you can see up there. Uh, I am, most of you guys, I don't know if you all know me, uh, I have been around the church for a long time. Uh, most of the time you'll find me in the back during services. I'll be either running sound or um, not here, no, joking. Um, <clears throat> I will be uh, usually doing something in the background. Uh, I worked with youth for many, many years. Um, here at LifeSpring, I've done children's ministry. Um, I haven't quite uh, ventured into the adult ministry quite yet, but I think I'm getting old enough for that. Um, uh, so I, I've been around. I've done a lot. Um, I, I love serving. I love doing. I love uh, uh, being in church. Um, but I did grow up in church when I was, when I was uh, doing children's ministry. They would say, okay, this week we're doing David and Goliath. I didn't even need to look at the curriculum. I, and I had a great teacher. My grandparents, my grandma was a, 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 a librarian at an elementary school. She taught Sunday school. She taught us when she came up. And so, like, I knew the stories backwards and forwards, and I didn't even need to look at the curriculum. So um, when Dan came, uh, Pastor Dan came to me and asked if I wanted to preach, and I was like, sure, let me pray about it, let me ask. Um, the Lord and see if, if that's what he's calling me to do. Um, and the Lord said, yeah, you need to. And um, I was like, crap. But so <laughs> I, I, I apologize for my language. I've worked with youth long enough that it just naturally comes out that way. Um, and I'm not about to, sorry, not about to change for up here because I live in the real world. So, um, but I just was like, oh, Lord, you know, what is he going to have me preach on? He sent me a, a verse saying, okay, you're going to speak on James 122, which is, you know, do, do not be mere hearers of the word, but doers of the word. I'm like, oh, why does he always give me these, these bumper sticker um, verses? And let me tell you how I feel about bumper sticker verses. They drive me nuts. Because people always take them, myself included, take them out of context, misuse them, mistreat them to either bully somebody into doing something or just say, okay, this is how God is. I don't like that. That's not okay with me. But yet I still use them, and yet I still will listen to them and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, and, and growing up in the church, I know my Bible pretty well. I read right over it. I'm like, ah, I don't need to listen to this. I don't need to really understand it and slow down and actually read the verse. I know it by heart. I was talking with my mom. Um, uh, we, we constantly talk about it. How many of you guys know the Lord's Prayer? How many have been in a church that has used a version that you did not memorize up on screen and ask you to say it? Okay, so I don't know how many different versions I have squished into the Lord's Prayer, but I know that there's at least three that I remember, and I put it all, I say it all, thou's these and this and all that kind of stuff that's just how how our brains work right so when we come to these bumper stickers we don't quite remember all of it right we sort of remember bits and pieces of it and we aren't quite sure if that's the phrasing and you know last service um you know i get nervous and so then my words get all jumbled and backwards and you know i've i've spoken to youth groups and to uh, on mission fields and all that kind of stuff, but here I still have to speak to adults who are older than me, and some of them not so much, but still, I'm just like, oh, 
I'd much rather speak in front of youth, but if I think of you guys as youth, then there you go. So when Pastor Dan sent this to me, I just, my, my thought process was like, yes, I now get to stick it to them because they are not doing as this, this says. This paper that he brought up, you know, there's so many openings and everybody can be in on it and none of y'all are. It's just the three or four people who do it, right? So that, that, was, that was going through my mind. Um, Pastor Doug Bursch, uh, Pastor Dan's brother, posted this on Facebook, uh, I think last week. This is sometimes how we feel, right? So who wants to work in nursery this week? Everybody's gone. Psh, they're gone. Who wants to work with youth? Psh, not there, right? Who wants to run sound? Sure, I know how to run sound, but I don't want to. The sun is out, you know? So, I mean, how often do we do that? I know that I am. So I'm just like, yes, I get to stick it to them. I get to say, hey, you guys, you heathens, how dare you not be doers of the word? But you got to remember that I'm also talking about myself. The Lord reminded me that pretty darn quick. I didn't stay in that, that thought process too much. So the Lord just basically said, okay, you need to stop. <laughs> you need to, first of all, read what you're going to be preaching on, what I'm asking you to say, and then pray. So let's pray. Let's, uh, Heavenly Father, I just pray that, um, that we never become comfortable with, with, glossing over your words, your divine words, your breathed words. Father, that, that, you, that, that your word will get into our heart and hide in our heart and that we will um, be able to walk out our faith knowing who we are in you. Holy Spirit, you are already here. I just pray that you will just go with us as we leave, as, as we, we continue on our day, as we sit for, uh, sit for however long with family. God, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you will be with us and that you will remind us of who we are in you. Father, I just pray that my words will not come forth, but it will be your words and your heart that comes and not my critical spirit. Father, I just pray that I die here on stage that that spirit dies here and that your loving, corrective spirit will go forth, God, and that it won't be me. In Jesus' name, amen. So most of us know how to read the Bible, right? You just pick it up and start reading. But I think that we got to go a little bit deeper. we got to understand that the Bible is a dual-edged sword. It is, it is a human book, and it is also a divine book. It is God-inspired. Humans wrote the words. We can sit there and we can study. I can sit there and pull it on out and study and say, okay, well, God said to be not mere hearers of the word, but doers of the word. So we can, we can dissect it and, and go back to the Greek and, and look at all of that and just, you know, just, just become very logical with it. But we also forget, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm in this boat, I forget to bring the spirit along that it is spirit-breathed that it is living, that it is not changing, but it's changing the way we think. It is speaking to us where we're at. It is divine. It has been God-breathed, God-inspired. 
And we tend to forget that. I do. A lot of churches do. A lot of churches will be analyzing and saying, okay, now you should read your word. Well, how do you read your word? They become so logical about it that they forget about the spirit side of it. And then you become, I become, very uh, um, legalistic about it. My Bible reading becomes a check mark, right? It becomes a check mark in my daily things that I've got to get done. It becomes a habit, good habit, right? But if I'm not inviting the Spirit to come along with me, then it's just a book. I have a habit of getting in the car and listening to it in, uh, in, um, on my way to work, and, which is a great habit. Uh, Pastor Dan challenged us to do what last week? To at least listen to it, right? And so, but when I get to work and I step out of my car, does it remain with me? Not always. I don't always walk into the best circumstances at work. I, I work with the mentally ill. I, uh, it just sometimes get, gets pretty crazy walking in. I have clients who come up and say, well, this, this, and this happened over the weekend, and I'm like, I wasn't even there. Why am I trying to fix your problems? They should be doing it. And then all of that just goes out the window, what God told me to have patience with those people around me, right? I don't want to. Paul often prayed that the Holy Spirit would give us wisdom and revelation when we read the word. And that's my ultimate prayer for you guys as well, is to have wisdom and revelation when you read these bumper stickers, bumper sticker uh, uh, verses. We're in a series right now is, uh, uh, um, crap, I forgot to write it down. It's um, let us not, no, it's not let us not forget. It's, uh, ah, in case you forgot, there it is. In case you forgot, and I forgot. So, the whole idea behind what Pastor Dan is saying is like, let's go back to the basics. Let's go back to these verses that we have known if you've grown up in the church or if you've even been around churchy people, you know. But let's go deeper, right? That's the idea behind what, what Pastor Dan was talking about. Because honestly, you can't, I mean, you can become legalistic about it, but if it's not in your heart, then it be, doesn't become real, Right? I heard this great story of, of um, this, this uh, uh, you know, 70-year-old um, gentleman who's blind, um, and he has a PhD, and he's, he has all, uh, everything at his fingertips. He has Braille, pun intended. No, never mind, sorry. <laughs> Braille. Um, anyways, uh, he has uh, books on tape. He has people that he can go to talk to. He, he's a smart, smart man. Thank you, you just got it, perfect. I'm happy now. I can leave. No, um, there's a, you know, the, the man is brilliant. But then how do you start explaining light to him? He's never experienced it. And he can understand light waves and this and that and can, can explain it, but if he's never experienced it, an eight-year-old has more, who, who can see has more experience about light than this 70-year-old some-odd man who has never experienced it, right? So how is that with our walk? 
Have we experienced the word of God? Have we asked God to come in and reveal things to us? And ultimately, I believe that that's what it, uh, James is talking about with this bumper sticker. Because we've got to read the context and around. Because if we start pulling those out of, out, of, out of context, we won't understand what the heart of God is, what the heart of that writer is. Right? A lot of scholars didn't even want James when they were putting the Bible together and you can go online and, and, and research how they put it all together. They didn't want James in there. Ultimately, this verse was the reason why. Because Paul says over and over and over and over and over again, it is by faith that we are saved, not by works, right? Ephesians talks about it. Hebrews talks about it. Romans talks about it. We don't know who wrote Hebrews, but it has been said. Okay, they talk about it. It is by faith that we are saved, not by works. But yet James comes along and says, um, now if I can find it, but prove yourselves doers. This is the um, New American Standard. Prove yourselves doers of the word, not mere hearers of the word. So he, it sounds like he is saying, okay, you guys need to start working for your faith. Right? If you're taking it out of context, that's not what it's saying. Not what it's saying at all. So let's read what, what the context is. You'll have to forgive me when I get nervous. I am severely dyslexic, and I even become more dyslexic when I get nervous, and so words look different to me. So if I falter, just shout out the word, please, and then I will continue on. This you know, my beloved brethren, Every one of you must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the angry man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Now, does that sound like doers or by faith? Okay. So for, the ang for an angry man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all, this is the word that I have issues with, fault, fault, filthy, filthiness, thank you. Why it looks weird, never mind. Filthiness so all filthiness, and all that re, um, remains of wickedness. In humility, receive the word implanted, which abides in your saved souls. But prove yourselves doers of the word, not mere hearers of the word. Oh, gives so much more depth. He, uh, where am I? Okay, mere doers of the word. For if anyone hears the word and is not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and goes away, he immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become um, forgetful hearers, but effective doers, this man will be blessed in what he does. Now, does that say that you're saved by doing? No, not at all. In fact, it says, it, it, it brings more depth to what Paul was saying in that you are saved by grace, but by grace you are changed. 
You have to change. You can't just sit in the pews and, and, and uh, I, I've been in youth ministry long enough that I know youth. There's a handful that don't do this, but more, most of them sit here, pick their nose on their phone, hear you, walk out the doors and completely forget what you said. Guess what? On Sunday mornings, I'm part of that crowd. I don't necessarily pick my nose, but I am on my phone. What James is coming at is saying, hey, guys, you got to change. You just can't be mere hearers of the word. You can't blend in with what's going around you. You have to be different. You have to change. I told Micah that I would pick on him. I was his boss for a couple of years at a coffee shop, and um, he's the guy who led worship. If you all don't know him. It would be like me calling Micah into, into um, you know, just into a meeting before and say, hey, Micah, you need to switch up some stuff. You need to do A through X by the time I get back, right? Okay, let's, let's, even, let's even pray about it. Let's even bring the spirit about it. You know, let's pray about it. And so I come back the next week. I've gone on vacation, and he's supposed to be taking over my managerial whatever. I bring him in and just say, okay, this is what I've done. Nothing is done when I walk in. And I'm like, Micah, what's going on? Dude, seriously. I asked you to do all this stuff. He's like, I know, I know, I know, but that prayer was just so good. Wasn't that good? It was good to meet with you. And I'm like, what's the point? What's the point? It's the same thing when we become Christians. Christianity is not easy, nor should it be. Unfortunately, in this country, fortunately and unfortunately, and I'm going to say it both ways, because we have developed a culture that puts it on just because that's what they know. But then they allow sin to come into their life. They walk away from the mirror of who Christ is and forget who they are in Christ. How often do we do that? I do that so often. I did it this week. I'll, do, I'll guarantee you that I'll do it next week. What Paul is saying is, uh, or James, James, I think, is, is, is pointing at th- four things. Four things. Is that we need to start praying for revelation. We need to start praying for revelation and praying for each other. When we start doing that and then we start reading the word because we know what we're supposed to do, right? We know what we're supposed to do as Christians. But then when we start praying about it, like I prayed about preaching and I said, oh crap, we do that. Because God will start bringing stuff up when we start reading and saying, okay, you need to stop being angry. Angry doesn't bring you the righteousness of God. You need to stop nitpicking. You need to stop doing this. You need to, you, and he doesn't do it in that way. Sometimes he does. Um, I, I say that, you know, sometimes the Lord warns me before there's a two by four, like right here, and I keep on walking and I hit it. Sometimes that's life. Sometimes those are verses. Sometimes he will check you on the behind and say, hey, dude, what are you doing? Right? But we have a choice on whether or not we change, just like any kid. We have that choice. 
And so what, what James is talking about, we have a choice of looking in the mirror and saying, okay, I got to remember who I am in Christ. And what that means is that we've got to start praying for revelation of who God is in us. And if we are in the word, have you guys ever read it? And then all of a sudden something just like, oh my gosh, just, it just blossoms. You've read this verse over and over and over and over again. You know it by heart, but you slow down and you read it and read it within context. And you're like, oh, there's that aha moment. Okay, that's, that's what James is talking about. That's what Paul prays about. It's like we have to pray for, for that revelation. Number two, we've got to be teachable. If we aren't teachable, those aha moments are worthless. Those aha moments are to teach us in how to order our lives, right? We're supposed to go, I haven't raised kids, but, you know, I've I've dealt with enough kids that, that, you know, I'm like, okay, well, you know, you should be doing this, but you shouldn't be doing that. That's what God is doing. He's like, dude, you can't be going off and playing in the world if you are calling yourself a Christian. You can't be going off and, 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 and sleeping with this person and that person when you are saying that you are pure and with, to, to be with your husband and wife. And he even goes as far as saying it's even thoughts. It's not just actions, it's your thoughts. You can't be angry at your brother or sister, which I have four brothers, I was very angry at them, a lot growing up, but, and they frustrated me, but the Bible says that I'm not to be angry for a long period of time and hold a grudge against them. I'm supposed to drop what I'm doing, go to them and ask forgiveness. No buts, ifs, and ands. We are supposed to change, pray for that revelation, and be teachable. If we aren't teachable, what's the point? And once we become teachable, then we got to Obey. <laughs> oh, I don't like obeying. I don't. I mean, that's it. within our nature. We do, we, if somebody tells you not to do something, what do you want to go do? You want to go do it, right? Especially teenagers, but we're all young at heart, right? We are all still that stupid teenager inside. Your boss says to do, don't do something, you want to go and do it. The speed limit is a perfect example the law says don't speed. What do we do? We speed. Oh, five is the five. I go over. I do it all the time. I go 10. I'm just telling on myself. But we got to obey. We got to obey even though it's hard. Obeying is not easy. It was never meant to be easy, right? Because it's something that, that so is polar opposite of what we want to do. What's ingrained in us, our, our sinful spirit, our spirit that likes to be angry, our spirit that likes to do whatever we want that is selfish. But when God starts saying, okay, you need to learn to be otherly, what do we want to do? Nope. What can I get out of this? The fourth thing is that God will not let you do this alone. He'll bring people along to pray with you. He'll bring people along, uh, he'll, he'll, bring, he'll give you his Holy Spirit to teach you and to talk to you and whisper to you and say, hey, that's probably not a good idea. Or to give words of knowledge to somebody who might be struggling. 
He'll bring people along that, that will make you be teachable. How often has that happened in your life? Where you lose a job, your car breaks down, a kid misbehaves like dramatically, like you got to go bail them out type of deal. Somebody hurt you deeply. Circumstances, I'm not saying all circumstances are, 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 um, are of God and to force us to be obedient, but God will work it that way, right? God doesn't want us to be hurt, but sometimes we get into those spots. And he's like, okay, well, you're in the spot now. What are you going to do? Let's teach you. This is a teachable moment. Now, if you obey, if you step on these rocks, if you obey me, I'll get you out of the muck and mire. He won't leave you. In Philippians, it says, for I can do anything through Christ who gives me strength. That, doesn't, that, that means that Christ is never going to leave you in those spots. It might feel like he's left you, but he's not going to leave you, nor forsake you. He'll give you strength. Again, this is one of those bumper sticker ones. You've got to read the whole verse, and, but, but the, the essentialness of it is that God will never leave you. He will give you the strength for what he has asked you to do. He'll also give you the strength to fail. You will fail. I'm letting you know that you will fail. I fail all the time. I fail daily. But he will give you the strength to get up, dust off, and keep on going. Say, oh, that's a learning moment. but we've got to be obedient instead of stay in that spot. Our, our, our faith cannot be something that's fleeting. If it's fleeting, then we are like that man who looks in the mirror and completely forgets who we are. When we become Christians, we have to change It's hard to change. I don't like change. And I don't change just to check it off. I don't want to become somebody who God has not created me to be. I want to become somebody who God has created me to be. And part of that is doing. You got to do. You got to put your faith in action. Now, I'm not saying that, that you've got to fill all of these and be at the church 24-7. I'm not saying that at all. Because in my younger years, that's what I thought that it said. That's how I lived my life. I was very regimented, very legalistic. I mean, we've all been there, trying to do it on our own strength. But we've got to ask for wisdom, got to ask for revelation, got to ask the Holy Spirit to come alongside us and to walk with us into those spots that need to be changed. We got to obey. Obeying means 100%, not half. Oh, I'll forgive this person, but not this person. Oh, I'll do this, but not this. The Bible is very clear about some of the things that he, that, that, that he asks us to do. Right? And for each one of us, it's different. This next week, it's going to be different from me than it is from, from Angie. It's going to be different. But we've got to come alongside each other and lift each other up. 
we got to sometimes be mirrors for people and saying, hey, what's going on? In such a way that isn't condescending or demeaning or, or cutting down or anything like that. Faith has to be a heart faith. It can't just be a mere works faith. It has to be alive and living and changing and developing. Just like any kid uh, just changes and grows. We got to be that way in, in, in Christ, right? We got to change. We can't be the same old, same old of who we are two weeks ago. I want to have more patience. I don't know about you, but when I start asking for patience, guess what God starts doing? Opening those doors for frustration. And he says, guess what? I'm going to give you those pa- that patience to deal with that person. Whatever it is, God is going to come alongside and provide what he needs. We are not to be mere doers of the, hearers of the word, but doers. I don't like that. I'm going to be honest. I'd much rather sit on my dust, listen to somebody preach, and then go on about my business and not change. How, uh, and, and let's get practical. How many of you guys were in your word this week? You don't have to raise your hand, but let's be, just be honest with yourself. I'm one of those ones, oh yeah, I was in my word all this week, just to get glory. But be honest with yourself. Are you doing it? Not, not, and now, if you're doing it, are you doing it just because it's something to do and it's a check mark to be checked off? Or are you doing it because you want to be obedient 100% to what God has called you to do and to be? And then that goes on to, are you meditating on that word? Are you taking that word along? I, for many years, and I haven't done this for years, and the Lord is now convicting me as I'm standing here, saying, all right, you need to start writing those scriptures down. You need to stop Go into work a little bit early if you're going to listen to it. Write those scriptures down and then meditate it on throughout that day. I don't do that enough. I used to all the time. But that's for me. I don't, what, what is God saying to you? What is he asking you to do? Where is he asking you to step out in obedience and following him harder? We have to follow hard after him. We have to go after him. If we want to be changed, we have to move. Because if you guys are just doing this to check off on Sunday mornings, then why are you here? Are you doing it just because it's culture? Just because, oh, that's the American way? Or are you doing it because you are so in love with Jesus that whatever sacrifice he asks you to make doesn't matter? because you're going hard after what Christ has asked you to do, and because you love him, because you desire him, you want to know him more, you want to become more like him. We are called to be different as Christians, and that is the the very depth of the scripture, is saying that we need to be doers. If God says so, then what should we be doing? should be doing right not just hearing not just pew warmers these aren't pews chairs that's my prayer for you that's my prayer for me it's the prayer for this next generation 
is that we become different. The church is dying because we are not being different, because we are not standing and understanding that we need to change and reflect Christ and become like Christ and remember who we are in Christ. I can tell you right now, and I'll t- uh, just like last service, I can step down and say, oh, I sh- shouldn't have said that that way. I shouldn't have done this. I should have said that. We get so caught up in the should have, would have, could have that we forget who we are in Christ and what he has called us to do and be. We are children of Christ. We are a child of Christ. We are no longer slaves. We are not enslaved in, in, in sin. We get to be with Jesus. And you got to experience that. And, and it's different for everybody. You got to figure out how to experience that and then ask the Holy Spirit to, to come and say, Come, let me experience what it is to be with Jesus. It could be a retreat, it could be worship, it could be by yourself, it could be at kids' camp, it could be at camp, it doesn't matter where. You got to desire it and run after it. Because guess what? We are no longer slaves. God has created us to be free. I didn't really have an ending, so I'm just, I'm asking the Lord, like, of what, how do I end this? Can I have the worship team come on up? I think I'm pretty much done, and what, what I have is, is what I got. My heart for you guys is, is that, that we learn to be teachable, that we learn to be obedient, that we learn to pray for revelation of who we are, not just of who Christ is, but who we are in Christ. We always, uh, the, the psalmist says, open my eyes so that I can see who you are, see where you are, what you're doing, and how often do we forget to say, God, open our eyes to see who we are in you. Let our identity be in you instead of what we do in the world what our jobs are, what kind of athlete we are, what kind of scholar we are, the, 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 the disabilities that we have, the, the things that we identify with. Let it not be of the things that aren't of you, Christ. Let it be of you. So that we can no longer, uh, it, so that we can live free and that we can walk out his word and be his hands and be his feet. That we just aren't pew warmers, but we're different. We're, we're radical changers of this world, changers of our neighborhood, changers of our family. Because we're starting to obey what Christ has asked us to do. Heavenly Father, I just pray for this next week. I just even pray for, for this weekend and for Memorial Day weekend as we spend time with friends and family, as those times of, just, of people who, who come alongside and just irritate us or who just, ah, they said this and all of that. Father, I just pray that we will have teachable moments to be obedient to what you have asked us to do. Quicken our ears. 
to hearing your to, to hearing your voice and what we should say and what should we should do quicken our feet in doing those things and being obedient God let our mouths be slow to speak let us be hearing your voice hearing the people around us seeing things through your eyes instead of our own bring your anointing Father, and I just pray as the week goes on that you will start, start stirring in our hearts. That you will start changing us from the inside out. That you will start showing us who we are, showing us how much you love us, how much you care for us by setting up those boundaries and saying, come on, let's be obedient. Bring your anointing this week. Let us not forget, Lord. Let us become doers of the word instead of mere hearers. Let us touch those, those untouchable people. Let us, let us love on the ones that are undesirable. Let us be Jesus to somebody this week in our, in our lives that we run across. Be with us, Jesus. Teach us. God, give us revelation. Help us to be obedient. Give us the strength to be. In Jesus' name, amen.